Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the views from the 573. Hope you all are doing well on this Thursday afternoon. Got a lot to get to today. NBA Finals Game 3 last night with the Celtics coming out on top. We're going to talk about that in the series so far and what to expect in the rest of the potential games with the, with the Celtics taking a 2-1 lead last night in the series. We're going to be talking about that. The Sean Watson stuff gets worse and worse and worse. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We got a couple big time players get some extensions from the LA Rams. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk a little golf here because uh, this golf, these golf stories with the Live Golf Invitational Series and PGA and the PGA just came down hard on former members. This stuff is interesting, so we're going to talk a little bit of golf today. So it should be a fun time here on this pod. So that's going to be the rundown for today. We're going to talk a little bit about everything, dip our toes into the NBA, golf, NFL, all that good stuff. And uh, speaking, and you know, speaking of um, this pod and it. I'm probably not going to be able to pod next week since uh, I'm going on vacation. So, if uh, if there's no pod next week, that that is why. I'm still going to try to bring my stuff and see if, who knows, maybe the finals ends and need to do an emergency pod about the finals and who wins, who comes out on top. So, I'll bring my stuff just in case and, and I'll do an emergency pod, whoever wins. And, uh... When I get back next, the next week, if the finals is indeed over by then, which it probably will be, considering Game Seven's on the day that I'm supposed to get back, then uh, me and Charles, I'll try to get Charles together, and me and him will talk about the series, talk about what went on, and uh, and maybe some off-season stuff, but... If uh, there there may or may not be a pod next week, so be on the lookout on the feed for that. For the entertainment channel, uh, and I know we were planning on doing that. The schedules just weren't gonna work work out a couple weeks ago. So what I may try to do when I get back is do something a little bit different with entertainment, and maybe try to do a maybe try to make it weekly, unless. I'm with Peter or Matt and Rebecca and or we're all together and we're doing a pod talking about a movie or something like that. I may just try to get together all the news that has happened with entertainment, all that good stuff, get that together and record a, a weekly pod kind of talking about it. And don't know when that will be. I'm still trying to still trying to work that work out when I want to do it. I've been thinking about maybe recording on Saturday and posting on Sunday, but I think well, the the thought that's been in my mind is record on Sunday talking about all the news that's happened last week and maybe post it Sunday night or post it Monday. I think that's that maybe what I'm going to do. So, I think that is what I'm going to do. So, I think for the entertainment channel, for those that keep up on that feed, I'll record on Sunday, I'll post on Sunday, and I'll get all the news from the past week together, some of the more interesting bits, some of the bigger parts of the news, and I try to, try to talk about them and post that on Sunday night. That'll include... You know, episode talk about episodes. You know, we got Obi Wan going on. We got Miss Marvel that just started. I know there's a couple other series that have started that I don't necessarily watch that are going on like the boys, but we're going to talk a little bit about them on a week to week basis, and we'll just have to see how that goes, and we'll just have to see if if uh, Peter wants to join in for. Uh, for a pod or man Rebecca want to I've got a couple ideas in mind for the entertainment pod but we'll just have to see how their schedules work out 
And uh, if they work out, great. If they don't, hey, we'll, we'll do this weekly thing and we'll get together and talk about everything going on. So, with that being said, let's get right on to the this week's views pod. And let's start with the NBA Finals with last night's Game 3 with the Boston Celtics taking a 2-1 series lead over Golden State. With uh, with a two day layoff and between game two and three, and now we're in this period of time where it's a one day layoff between games three and four. With game four tomorrow night, and Boston came out firing last night. They absolutely, they absolutely did. Jalen Brown, especially, I maybe should preface that to say Jalen Brown came out firing last night. Uh, he shot out of a cannon with uh, his performance last night and just an unbelievable first half from him. Uh, if I remember right, he had 24, yeah, over 20 points in that first half. Second half, he, he cooled down a little bit, but uh, he, he had some help. You know, Marcus Smart had a big game, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Tatum came alive late. 26 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. That 9 assist number is something to keep an eye on because Tatum hasn't necessarily performed the best in this series. But where he has performed his best is getting other teammates involved in the offense, hitting the open man, hitting somebody that's cutting to the rim. He's making plays, not scoring-wise for the most part in this series, but is getting teammates Opportunities to go and score themselves. So that nine assist number is something to keep an eye on. And Robert Williams, he's been banged up all series long. He's not a, he's not completely a hundred percent. You can see him hobbling down the court each time. But man, you gotta appreciate his effort last night when he was on the floor. He was on the floor twenty six minutes, but. He made an impact in those 26 minutes. He was able to step up on screens when he needed to. He was able to make some key defensive plays, getting three blocks and three steals. And I believe that he was he's the only the only other player in Celtics history to be and to have done that, I think, is Kevin McHale. So he's in some good company right there. But his impact cannot be understated, even though it was only for 26 minutes. Scored 8 points, 10 rebounds. Again, he had multiple blocks, multiple steals, and was able to step up on defense when he needed to, whether it was going out on screens, you know, or whether he was switching on to somebody else. He stepped up big time last night. And uh, again, not 100%, but he was able to contribute in a big way. Then you had your guys like Grant Williams and Derek and Derek White, who they subbed in Derek White a little bit early in this game for Robert Williams and matched him up on Steph. And that might be the matchup to play around with because Derek White is a smart guy. We talked about it in our finals preview. Being in that Spurs system is has definitely helped him. You got a good basketball IQ, knows what he's supposed to do. And so, the Celtics small lineup, matching up with the Warriors small lineup, kind of doing some good here in this series. And uh, Grant Williams making some impactful plays in this game as well. Uh, Horford, decent stat line, 11 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds. Uh, of course, the thing everybody's going to talk about with Horford with last night is the Everybody trying to go get the ball there late in the game. Uh, so we'll talk about that in, in the meantime. But uh, looking for Golden State, um, Steph, another remarkable game, 31 points, two assists, four rebounds. He's been hot this series, but the key with this series is that he has needed help. He has not not gotten a whole lot of it in this series. He got a little bit last night with Clay coming back and having a good performance. 25 points 
and being able to shoot uh, some major threes in this game. Wiggins had some key moments. Uh, just, I think the lack of production from the role players is something to talk about here with Golden State. Jordan Poole is not performing well in this series. Of course, people are going to remember what happened in game two for him. He was able to get a rhythm back and was able to make a couple big-time splash threes, but that's been pretty much it from him this series. So if you're Golden State, you've got to get more from Poole than what you've gotten so far. Uh, Otto Porter, 21 minutes, 6 points. And Draymond. Uh, let's talk about Draymond for a minute. Uh, of course, South fans, uh, this, you know, you know how Celtics fans are, um, but of course they gave Draymond a lot of crap as well as probably um, a lot of other opposing fan bases have all season long, all postseason long, and he fouls out of this game only two points, three assists, and four rebounds. Now, listen, I know Draymond. His number, uh, his impact goes beyond the stat line. It does. Defensively, offensively, what he does for this team, it goes beyond the stat line for the type of player that he is for both sides of the ball for this team. But you cannot have a stat line like this and, and, be, and also be in foul trouble. And have that same impact on both sides of the floor. I mean, four rebounds, three assists, only two points. You know, you got to get more out of him. And, yeah, if he's not going to score, he can just have a big impact on the offense and give the ball to, to guys like Clay, Steph, Wiggins, yeah, Poole. But he's got to be more impactful. He wasn't impactful last night in this game. Uh, fouled out with that six foul coming during that loose ball. He's got to be more impactful. And he, so far, he hasn't. And yeah, he's going on and hopping on podcasts to talk about it. And of course, he got asked about whether the Celtics might be, li too, might be keen on listening to try to gain some insight. Uh, which is the day and age that we live in now is where we have people asking questions. Hey, did this team listen to uh, your podcast to try to get some tips on how, how to maybe beat y'all? But uh, Draymond's just got to be more impactful on both sides of the ball because we all know the type of player he is. We all know the type of impactful player he is, what he does for Golden State's defense. And what he does for their offense and, and being a playmaker for them. He's got to do better at this. And he's got a few more games to try to get in, to try to get back in that mindset of being this guy that impacts both sides of, the, sides of the floor for Golden State in big time ways. So we'll see if he, he's going to be different in game four. We're going to see if... Clay is going to be game three Clay in game four because so far he's had his struggles. They left him in in garbage time in game two to, you know, try to build up some confidence for him because he hasn't found it so far this series. And last night was his first good game of the series. So Steph is going to, is going to need some help because Steph, he hasn't been a problem. He he ha he hasn't been a problem. He's been good. He just needs some help. Some some like Clay needs to continue. He needs to be in the mindset he was for Game Three for the rest of the game, so they want a chance to win. Pool needs to come alive and give them some big time production. After the elevations he has, we talked about him in our previews. Big time impactful player for them. Besides the three we know of. For Golden State, they're going to be impactful. And Golden State's role players in general, they got to produce a lot more. You know, Charles and I talked about this last week. You know, 
Maybe somebody like Kaminga. He hasn't gotten a lot of play time. Why not just throw him out there? I know he's a young guy, but just throw him out there and see what happens. Uh, Iguodala hasn't gotten a lot of time. Bajinsa, Gary Payne has just come back. you got to get more of your role players, though. you, you got to. Because the Celtics are getting a whole lot out of theirs. Uh, besides their stars. They're getting a lot out of them. And you're going to need to combat that on your own end if you're going state. So, through the first three games, this has been an interesting series. Been fun to watch. How uh, how these first three games have unfolded. Of course, the thing with these three games that is a common denominator is Golden State's big third quarters. And last night they had another big third quarter again. I don't know how you combat that. Golden State's third quarter team is one, is one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> it's the best 31st team in the league. And you got to find a way to combat that and to hold on tight if you're Boston when that uh, when that run hits in the third. Because it's going to hit. And it's hit every game in the series. So that's something for them to watch out for. Boston in the fourth quarter, though, has been... Really good. Not not as good as Golden State's third, but it has been really good. And I think so far, if, if you look at it, who if the series ended, uh, if the series ended for each of these, for Boston and Golden State right now, I think you can say if Boston wins, Jalen Brown is your MVP right now uh, with the way he's performed in these first three games, with the way he's performed last night. I think he, he would be their MVP. And if Golden State, you know, if they end up winning this series, I think Steph is probably the MVP with the way he's playing right now. And we'll just have to see how, how Tatum gets adjusted. Maybe last night was a, something that got him back on track if you're Boston. That's your hope. As far as what happened at the end of Game 3 is concerned with a loose ball skirmish, um, if you're going to say you got to hope Steph is okay, he, he grimaced a little bit there at the end, and having a two-day layoff here would have helped, and instead, we're at that point between game three and game four where you only got a day, a day off, so you got to try to figure out if there's anything wrong with them, and if there is, how do we, how do we fix it, how do we help it, and got to get that figured out before game four on Friday night but overall it's been a fun exciting series me and Charles were hoping for a fun series and it's looking like we're getting that three games in of course we'll have to see how the rest of the games go with game four on Friday and then we got game five on Monday and we're definitely going to be having a game five with the way the series has unfolded with it being with it being two to one and if Boston wins tomorrow night, it's a potential closeout game at Golden State on Monday night. But if not, game six would be on, was it Thursday night? And then game seven, which I think a lot of us are predicting this series to go six or seven. Game seven would be on June 19th on Father's Day. So... That's when a Game 7 could potentially happen. Well, we're still ways away to f figure out if that's going to happen at all. But, so far, fun, exciting series but between these two teams. Just Boston's role players are performing well. Golden State's hasn't. Got to figure out something on that end. But uh, other than that, it's been a fun, exciting series so far. Uh, sticking with the NBA, this is something I, I forgotten had happened, but was reminded of it as I was watching TV. What's happening in Utah with Quinn Snyder stepping down from the Jazz after eight seasons? And it seems like a Brad Stevens type of situation, kind of a burnout where you're in one place for so long, your voice probably starts to get tired. 
Nobody wants to listen to you anymore, so there probably needs to be a new voice in there where so the players can listen. And it seems like it's that type of situation there in Utah as he's going to step down, and he's probably going to take a year off. And I assume with jobs opening up this time next, next year, he's going to be at the top of people's list. And... No doubt he's going to be a top choice for a lot of teams because of his production, his track record, what he's done in Utah over his eight seasons. It it speaks for itself. And he's going to get his pick of the litter with, with the jobs that are going to be open. So there's no doubt about that. Now, as far as what Utah is going to do, that's going to be, that's the main questions I, I think everybody's asking, who are they going to hire? What does this mean for Donovan Mitchell? What does this mean for Rudy Gobert? Are they going to go rebuild? Well, let's try to answer some of these questions. And let's start off with who they may be looking at going for. Uh, They're interviewing Frank Vogel, so you know that's a name. They're interviewing Terry Stotts. That's That's a name from the Blazers. That's assistant coaching now. So... There's two former head coaches right there. Maybe possible. They're also interviewing a lot of other teams' assistant coaches right now. Probably missed in on some of the better ones uh, with what's happened with, you know, Darvin Ham being hired by the Lakers and a couple others. So, probably missed out on that, but we'll see who Utah hires and. They're going to ha- go through a thorough process considering what's happened the last couple of years with how far they've made it and with the expectations that they've had and with the guys they have. And speaking of the guys they've, they have, let's talk about two of the main ones, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan is, of course, somebody that, you know, kind of taken aback by Snyder stepping down, but understands it. The question is, could we see him moved? It's always possible. Uh, of course, it would take a really good package for Utah to even go go and think about this, moving him, uh, much less trading him off of that. But it is something to keep an eye on. I, I think if any of the two players does get traded, I think it's probably Rudy Gobert. Because as much as Rudy is a rim protector for that team, as one of the best rim protectors in the league, you can, you, it's hard to find anyone better than him. If you look at the playoffs and how they've gone, especially this playoff, this year's playoffs, Rudy doesn't, I, I doesn't help. He, he doesn't help. You, I think you need somebody like a Robert Williams where. Maybe he is that rim protector, but he's also a lot more can can go out on the perimeter and help defend, help switch, jump on screens with a team like Golden State. Rudy can't do that. And so, out of the two, I think Rudy is probably would be the most likely to be traded uh, unless... Utah just got an insane offer for Donovan from somebody that wants him, that wants one of the top young stars in this league and tries to, and tries to you know, impact them. Maybe it's a New York Knicks or somebody like that. Um, but out of the two, Rudy, I think, is probably the guy to get traded. You know, Utah, I think, will try to find somebody, if that does happen, try to find somebody that's impactful on defense. Might not be as impactful as Rudy is, but it's somebody that can do a lot more on defense. Rudy, he's great at one thing. He's great at a lot of things on defense. But there's a couple where his deficiencies on that side show, where he's not able to be as impactful as you'd want him to be. So that's probably going to be the move, if any with those players is to move off of Rudy, you know, get a good package for him, get some picks, maybe get some players and try to build up that defense, build up, you know, 
that front court, find somebody to replace him, try to get some defensive wings that, that you're seeing out here, especially in this finals. They're impactful. Some 3D wings that can help you out there, help Donovan out. And also, I mean, the other aspect is, you know, the Donovan and Rudy relationship. Uh, had, you know, someone says, like, it's not that great. So, maybe that's part of the reason why. But maybe the other part of the reason is, is that it's truly, the NBA is a business. And something's got to happen. And this may be one of those things that's got to happen to better help the Jazz, even though despite how talented Rudy is, how much of an impact player he is for them, despite how much, despite him being an all-star type player. Maybe it's time to move on. Donovan's your, your guy and try to get some other pieces around him and try to hire a good coach that, uh, try to bring a new voice in that locker room that the players need to hear and see where that takes them. And so, Interesting situation going out in Utah. That uh, that's something to keep an eye on for this off season with this, who, as far as who's they hire as coach, and what happens with Donovan and Rudy. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that as we head into the off season. So that's it for our NBA talk. Let's move on, and you know what? Let's go and uh, you know what I. Let's talk about this first. I think we'll leave golf last year, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Is let's talk about a, the let's talk about some of the good stuff at the NFL first. Uh, let's talk about some extensions for some well-deserved players with Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Now, the worry with with Aaron Donalds was is there's a lot of talk surrounding him maybe potentially retiring and feeling good about like hey I've reached this point now where like if I retire if they don't if I don't get an extension if nothing else, if nothing happens I feel comfortable with where I'm at and feel comfortable retiring and leaving the game of course the Rams aren't going oh, we're going to let that happen and they reworked his deal to make him the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL and extending him for a few more years is big time because his impact is, what can what else can we say about Aaron Donald's impact uh, him being maybe the most impactful player impactful player that's not a quarterback in the league with how he plays defense for the LA Rams and so, he's getting extension. He's not retiring anytime soon. The Rams are thankful for that. He's probably thankful for that. And he gets paid a little bit more and gets the, the distinction of being the guy that's being the, uh, that's the highest paid player that's not a quarterback. So, congrats to him. And also, the Rams gave out another extension, this time to wide receiver Cooper Cup. Signing a three-year extension, already added to his two years on his deal. Uh, three years, eighty million, seventy-five million guaranteed, the the most for any wide receiver. Worth a hundred and ten million over the five years of the deal. And I mean, the wide receiver market just gets more and more expensive. Already tops Tyreek Hill's deal. Then he got a March, which he got $72.2 million guaranteed. And Cups gets three quarters of $100 million guaranteed with this contract. And it's well-deserved. Cup really has been a really solid receiver for so many years. Been really productive. And last year just completely broke out. You know, triple crown, completed that for a wide receiver, was Super Bowl MVP. I mean, you look at a season from last year, 145 catches, nearly 2,000 yards came, what, 53 yards short of reaching that mark, 16 touchdowns. He caught two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. 
and he became the fourth player since 19, the 1970 merger to lead a team, lead the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And so he is in rarefied air with the type of year that he had last year. And going into this year, I don't think you you can expect anything less from him. Rams are bringing back a lot of the same team, the same Super Bowl team from last year. But Sands, you know, a couple guys on offense like a Robert Woods, Odell, we'll see what happens with him. But I'll tell you what, the Rams keeping these two guys in L.A., big time for them. What is a salary cap, essentially, for for these two? But I think for these two, you had to put give out the money to them. Cuff has been one of the best wideouts in the league, and he was the best wideout in the league last year. Donald, resume speaks for him, for itself. You got to paint these two, keep them in town, because who knows? I mean, you look at the NFC, and we'll talk about the NFC when we get to our previews here in, what, maybe about a month, about a month or so, is that there's not a whole lot of competition as far as contenders in the NFC, with a lot of players switching over to the AFC. And so, if you're the Rams, you're in a prime spot right here to capitalize on your success, capitalize on the players you have, capitalize on the coach you have, and really try to make a run here at something big for this franchise and be a big-time contender to get back to the Super Bowl next year. It's been a while since we had a back-to-back winner, but the Rams are trying to get or trying to change that here with the type of offseason that they've had. So big-time extensions for them. Happy for Cup and happy for Donald, two of the most productive players in this league, and uh, they're getting paid. Getting paid big time money. Cup being paid the most guaranteed money for a wide receiver in league history, and Aaron Donald being paid the high, the biggest amount of money for a non quarterback in league history. Congrats to them. So, with that being said, let's move on over and talk about something that's not going to be as as fun and enjoyable to talk about, and that is with more stuff coming out of the Deshaun Watson situation. And I guess we can start with the the New York Times article that just unloaded a lot more information, a lot more stuff that we didn't know happened about this situation than we were led to believe with everything beforehand and just a whole lot more bad stuff coming out about this whole situation with the times reporting you know he's met with 66 massage therapists in 17 months and so and you got 24 with two more cases being added two more civil cases added to the 22 already with couple coming out in the last week or so with one essentially being added because of what Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, came out and said downplaying the situation. You get that. You get stuff like the Texans with them, uh, them providing NDAs with for for some of those situations with them providing some stuff, uh, providing a hotel, the Houstonian, I believe it was, for uh, for some of the for some of these massage therapists that Deshaun Wynn saw, and also you get the recent news that the Texans are being added as a defendant by Tony Busby in this. In these civil cases, as far as the Texans goes, I don't. I mean, you could probably, as far as the Texans goes, I I think for them 
I don't think they really fully knew what was happening. So I think as far as that's concerned and adding them as a defendant in this case, I don't think they really knew what was going on. And if they did, we're, I mean, we're definitely going to find that out here soon, but if they did, but it may just be a couple people that, that knew, but either way, um, so that's been added here recently. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's been added here. It's just been a whole lot more stuff has been added to this case since we last talked about it. With two more civil cases, the New York Times article, and how impactful it's going to probably it's going to reverberate. Throughout this whole situation, this article of what more it said about this whole situation, and for the Cleveland Browns, I mean, we talked about it when the deal happened and when he got paid big time money from the Browns. It's a huge risk, and it's and like some of the defendants in this case have said, it's a huge slap in the face to kind of pay this money and do their due diligence. But you got the New York Times that have investigated more and more into this, and now just mm, the deal looks just looks straight up bad. And I think we're now at the point to where you you got to suspend him for the year you you got to suspend him for the year and for some people that may not be enough it, it may not be enough and with the stuff that has come out since this all began and with the stuff that's recently come out I can totally get that. It's now reached a point to where if you're Roger Goodell, if you're the NFL, this is a bad stain for the league. And you got to take care of it. You got to handle this and bring the hammer down. You got to bring the hammer down on Watson and, you know, Maybe there's something for the Browns here for, you know, proper, not properly investigating all this stuff for them. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're Goodell, if you're the NFL, you, you, you suspend them for a year. You suspend them for a year. And, and this is going to be a long process with all, with these civil cases being added to it, you're adding the Texans as a defendant in, in this case. It's, it's going to be a long road, but I think if you're the NFL, if you want to take action right now, I think you got to suspend them for at least a year. I don't think they're, I don't think eight games is, is that's been a number that's been thrown out, you know, half the season. I think you throw that out. Throw that out the window right now. I think a year is at least the baseline of where you're starting with this, I think. Because with these two organizations, Houston, with Houston, with some of the stuff that's come out from the New York Times article, not too good of a look for the Browns. I mean, it wasn't a good look when they initially gave him the deal with all the stuff going on. But now, at all this, it really looks like a trash deal now. And so, this situation has just escalated since we last talked about it. And so, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And uh, reading in the Times article, it's a... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it, it's a big-time article that's... Gonna have a big impact.
and uh, just adds a whole lot of other bad stuff to what was already a really case I felt with a lot of bad stuff going on. So, I guess that's where we're going to leave it with that. And this is something that we're also going to that we're going to keep an eye on a little bit more with the stuff that's being added. So, moving on from that, I guess we can go and talk a little bit of golf. That's something we don't talk a whole lot of on this feed, but here we are talking about it. Of course, the big thing that's been going on around the world of golf is the Live Golf Tournament. With... It being a Saudi-backed league, uh, Mickelson made headlines with it, with him announcing his intention to go play for the league. And how impactful that decision has been. And now you're seeing a lot of other players join up the league with the most recent ones being Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, are looking like they are going to join the league. And Dustin Johnson made headlines earlier this week as he he was going and he announced he was going to join the league. And so now there there's some notable players that are that are moving on it looks like. You know, Sergio Garcia, you got John, <laughs> Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, Mickelson, you got Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Charles Schwartzel, and DeChambeau is another one. You might have some more that are going to join up. But it's recently come down earlier today that the PGA Tour suspended 17 members who are competing in the inaugural Live Golf event uh, taking place here pretty soon. And you have players who resigned their membership before starting the Live Golf event, and those players are no longer eligible to compete in tour events or the Presidents Cup. And a per statement from the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan um, wrote in a memo to Tour's membership. He said, "Quote: These members have made their choice for their own financial based reasons." Uh, they can't demand the same PGA Tour membership benefits, considerations, opportunities, and platforms as you. That expectation disrespects you, our fans, and our partners. And you have made a different choice, which is to abide by the tournament regulations you agreed to when you accomplished the dream of earning a PGA Tour card. And, more importantly, to compete as part as the preeminent organization in the world of professional golf. Unquote. And... The memo also said the players who compete in live events are ineligible to participate on the PGA Tour or any tours and sanctions with a number of tours on that list. And Monahan also wrote that any players who take part in future live golf events will face the same punishment. And he, he went on in his memo to talk about all this talk of money and players being able to make more money and yet this whole situation is really fascinating to, to kind of watch with live golf stepping up being in another major tour being some competition for the pga tour really kind of fascinating to watch what's going on here and of course the reason why is because the saudi back Live Golf Invitational Tournament, you know, tour, whatever you want to call it. It's got a lot of money behind it. And it's got a lot of big time money behind it. And that's why a lot of players are probably presumably going. Is they're going to get paid big time. And listen, I'm not going to shame anybody for saying, hey, I'm going to be able to make more here than I am here. I'm going to head out and get paid a little bit more. Uh, I think if it's primarily about money, it's all about money. I think that's when it becomes a problem. 
I think if money is if money is the sole reason, then it's probably not a good idea. But if it's a reason, then I think you're not going to necessarily be wrong in that regard. If it's a reason that you're moving on, but there's a couple other big time reasons why you're moving on. Maybe just want to get a chance to play and on a new tour and see how that goes. Or maybe it's a, a myriad of other reasons. Then I think that's fine. But I think if it's strictly about the money, uh, I think that's that it's probably where a lot of these other golfers are probably not like not liking where this decision decision has gone. And uh, as far as life decisions, it's probably not something a lot and not a whole lot of other people like. Is if it's strictly for the money. Again, if it's a reason, great. If it's just the sole reason, what are we doing here? You, you need a couple other reasons. Um, and you know, Roy McElroy has who's been somebody that's been really outspoken about you know the the live golf, and he's. I mean, he's talked about it, and he essentially has echoed those same sentiments, is that, you know, he said, obviously, you know, money's a deciding factor in a lot of things in, in this world, but if it's purely for money, it never seems to go the way you want it to, is essentially what he, he said. And, you know, he, he's spoken to a few people and and talked about it, and, you know, there's been a couple other players on the PJ Tour that have been on the same mindsets. Um, and, you know, he's got friends that are leaving. You know, he's presumably friends, you know, with a lot of these guys that are leaving. Uh, Dustin Johnson. And, you know, he re essentially reaffirmed his... Roy, who is probably somebody Liv Golf would love to have. Uh, reaffirmed that he's going to stay with the tour while also agreeing with Justin Thomas that fellow golfers should be able to be able to go and join this new league and he said hey listen I, I know what their goals are I know what they want to do their ambitions um, if they want to go over there and have them play in this new league sure go for it but you know the sentiments about the whole money bit you know I, I agree completely. It just can't be the only thing that you're going to this league for. You know, but I do understand if you do want to make more money. It just can't be the only reason. You know, and I know Dustin Johnson's going to be making a whole lot more money playing in this league than, than he is playing the PGA Tour. So I totally get that, but if it's strictly for money, like Roy, it's probably not going to go the way you want it to. But this new league is interesting. It really is going to provide competition for the PGA Tour. It really is. It's. I'm going to be fascinated to see how this new golf league is going to go, how it's going to handle itself. Uh, if there's going to be anybody else from the PGA Tour that's going to be it's going to be leaving and going going over here. So we'll definitely have to see and looking at when Live Golf's first U.S. Space event is, it's going to be June 30th. So that's coming up here pretty soon. And so... We'll have to see how this situation goes. It's been fascinating to see all this stuff go down with players leaving the PGA Tour. Of course, you had some big ones with Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, who's a former Masters champion, also moving on to the, this new tour. It's been fascinating to watch. It's going to be fascinating to see if anybody else is going to move on over there. And how this new golf league, how this new golf tour, whatever they call it, is going to handle itself, how it's going to operate, and how it's going to perform. That's uh, 
that's something to keep an eye on. It's, uh, it's, again, it's been fascinating to see all this stuff go down. And you understand the PJ Tour and why they're upset about all this stuff going on. But I think an underlying reason for it is because, you know, it's competition now. They got some competition and they don't want any. So, really fascinating situation here going on in the world of golf. So, I think if that is it, I think that's where we're going to leave our show for this week. So, Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can be sure to go find us where you guys get your podcasts. Be sure to go follow. Be sure to go follow us on Twitter at five seven three pods on Twitter. So be sure to give us a follow on there. Uh, so that'll do it for this week's show. Again, be on the lookout for the feed next week. There may or may not be a pod depending on how the finals goes. Uh, partly because of that. And uh, if any big-time news happens in the next week or so. But if not, I will be on vacation. And I'll see you guys the following week after vacation. And hopefully talking about the finals. Presumably by then we'll have a champion. With Game 7 being on the 19th. Being when I get back. So we'll talk about that then if that happens. If it goes to Game 7. I'm hoping it does. Because what's better than a Game 7, everybody? There's nothing else better in any sport so if that's the case we'll talk to you all then have a good weekend and thank you guys for listening talk to you next time